We pray, come Holy Spirit. Lord, we give you permission would you, to do what you desire. May our minds, hearts, and souls be made fertile soil that your word may bear great fruit in our life. Illuminate these scriptures for us. Convict and console our hearts. Speak, for your servants are listening. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. You know, it can be hard sometimes. Scriptures are so rich. You know, we have four of them with the three readings and the psalm, and in each of them there can be so many things. This gospel is like, where do I go? I want to go everywhere, but the Lord gave me a little bit of discipline, so hopefully I can stick to it here, right? First, just a note before I dive into this aspect of like perseverance in prayer. Sometimes we can read this this gospel passage, Jesus telling this story, and we're only listening kind of halfway, right? And so we're like, oh gosh, like God is like somebody that we need to bother, you know? Like we just have to like, we're bothering him. It's like, no, this is clear that Jesus is like, this guy's a jerk. He doesn't care about the Lord. He doesn't care about anybody. And if even that guy, that jerk, right, answers, then how much more? How much more? The Lord, your Father, the one who Jesus Christ, right, God incarnate in the flesh offered his life for us. So the enemy wants to twist it up. Don't hear what he's saying. Hear what the gospel is actually saying. We look at these details and they tell us the truth. Prayer. There's so much about prayer. So many things. Prayer is a gift. But prayer also is a battle. Prayer also is a battle and a struggle at times. This is what Jesus is saying in this gospel passage and the necessity, he's saying, to persevere in prayer. Now in prayer... There are three people who are acting here. Three actors. The Lord, God, right, the Holy Trinity. And so you can say, really, there's, there's five. But we have the Holy Trinity. And what is God doing in prayer? He's doing most of the, like, the most important thing. He's giving the gift of himself. Prayer is essentially about communion and relationship with the Lord. And so what the Lord is doing is he is constantly and perpetually offering himself to us. That he is, we have those three passages, right, of the lost sheep and the lost coin and the father, and right? And then the lost sheep, what is that? The shepherd goes running. And then in the prodigal son, the father is waiting and so God is doing both of those things. He is like running to go get us. He's searching everywhere and he is waiting for us with this longing and this hunger to completely give himself to us. That's what the Lord is doing. He's doing, he's doing the great work, right? Who's the second person that's there? Satan. He shows up and he is always trying to do multiple things, right? Lie to us about who God is, about who we are. He's trying to tempt us, whether it be just to distract us or some actual temptation to sin. 
He's trying to confuse us. Why did I have to bring about a clarification of this gospel passage that if you read it, it's very clear? Because the enemy loves to confuse us. And he loves to confuse the word of God, right? Fourthly, he accuses. He accuses God of not being a good father. Actually, he wants you to believe in this passage that God is a jerk and you're bothering him. Not true. And he accuses us. Right? That's what Satan means, actually. Hosatanos in Greek means accuser. The one who accuses God and who accuses us and condemns us. So he's active here. And then, who's the third person? That's us. Right? Now, the two important people here are the Lord and us. The enemy, in a real sense, compared to the Lord, is like less than a fly. It's like, okay, okay, like, seriously, just... Just, you know, whatever. Get out of here. I mean, it's ridiculous. But what happens is we are susceptible to the lies of the enemy when we're turned inward. When we're turned inward and looking at ourself. Because we have a darkened intellect. It's one of the, the effects of the fall. We, we easily, like, believe the lies of the tempter, and we're just looking inward. And Now, self-knowledge is good. But true self-knowledge comes from gazing upon the face of God, of who he is, and then in his light, he illuminates the truth of who we are. So that when he reveals our sin, he convicts us of sin, but it's not a condemnation. And we understand that our identity is as a beloved son or a beloved daughter, where the enemy wants to condemn us and tell us that our sin is our identity. So again, we face the Lord, and then he reveals the truth of who we are. Now, <clears throat> what is our part in prayer? We could say lots of different things, but I'm going to make this as simple as possible. We have two main things that we need to do in prayer. One, show up. Show up every day a desire to pray is good but that the desire right, becomes nothing until I put it into action it remains only a desire which is good but where it begins prayers when I put it in action to show up you say right we're, we have so many things going on I love this simple quote from Mother Teresa she's like if people tell me Father I'm busy I'm busy I'm busy like, okay cool well, I won't tell you this, but Mother Teresa will tell you, if you're too busy to pray, you're too busy, okay? There is at least 15 minutes in your day that you can change to spend time in prayer. There are, and there's no arguing about it. We can. So, right, the first thing, show up. Two, persevere in attentiveness to God. Because he's the one who's the most important, what's going on here. Prayer is first a gift that God gives us, and then our response. And our response is primarily attentiveness to him. So whether we're praying in the mass, whether we're praying the rosary, whether we're praying Lexio Divina, whether we're doing Ignatian meditation or contemplation, whatever it may be, right? There are different methods of Catholic Christian prayer. There are certainly methods that are not Catholic Christian prayer, but there are methods that are Catholic Christian prayer that, that are good. But at the heart of all of these methods, they're just a method for the sake of relationship. 
If we put the method in front of the relationship, we've made an idol of how we are praying. The rosary, Lexio Divina, I got 17,000 prayer cards that I'm praying right. I mean, I'm, I'm exaggerating here a little bit, but like all of these are just means of putting us in relationship and attentiveness to God. So the two main things that we need to do is one, show up, and two, persevere in attentiveness to God. Now, how about that persevering and attentiveness to the Lord? Is it easy? No. <laughs> No. Why? We're fallen. We're easily distracted. There's an enemy. You know what? It's okay. The Lord knows we're fallen and he knows we're broken. What, for us, we're afraid of that. God speaks most profoundly in silence. Most profoundly in silence is silent attentiveness to him. We don't like silence. Why? We're afraid of it. One, we're afraid of actually meeting ourselves as the Lord reveals ourselves to us. We're afraid of it because we kind of have this sense, again, the accuser is there. It's like, oh, like, you know how terrible you are. You know how you keep committing the same sin over and over and over and over again. You know how terrible you are. We're afraid of meeting ourselves because they're a liar. Two, we're afraid of God not showing up. Like, hey, I tried to pray once, twice, maybe four weeks in a row, but like, I, what, what, I mean, seemed like it was just me talking to myself, right? We're afraid that the Lord is not gonna show up. Three, we're afraid of God rejecting us in some way again in an absolute lie of the enemy. The Lord doesn't reject us. The Lord is constantly open to receive us. The cross proves that infinitely. When we are apart from God is because we have chosen so. Even hell, the catechism says, hell is the definitive self-exclusion from eternal communion with God. Right? Who's, who's doing it? Me. Not the Lord. He's choosing me. I just need to choose him. Fear, right, of the Lord asking something of us that we don't want to do. Oh my gosh. I remember I was here at college and like this idea of the priesthood started to like percolate in the back of my head and I'm like, oh my God, I'm not going pray. The Lord might actually ask me to do that. Crazy, no. This is fear. What the Lord just wants to give us gifts beyond our own imagining. Beyond our own imagining, which is the gift of himself. And so where do we move? What do we do? What is necessary to persevere? Again, I'm going to make this very simple. Three things. One, humility. The Catechism talks about the foundation of all prayer is humility. Quoting St. Paul in Romans 8.26, we do not know how to pray. St. Paul says this. St. Paul, we don't know what we're doing. We cannot actually do it. But it is the Holy Spirit who comes within us and intercedes for us. So when we're in prayer and, and we're seeking to pray and we're like, gosh, nothing's happening. I don't know what to do. Then the temptation oftentimes is, okay, I just need to do more, right? Like I need a new novena. I need a new prayer card. I need a new this. And the Lord's like, hey, I actually want you to feel the fact that you can't do this. We're like, well, gosh, that sounds like God's a jerk. It's like, no. 
He wants you to know that he wants to give it to you. That's pure gift. Self-reliance is a sin because it idolizes our, ourselves above God on whom we are dependent upon everything. And so when we come before the Lord in humility, I don't know what I'm doing, that is an act of faith in the living God that he's gonna move and he's gonna do it. Jesus says, right, the blessed are the poor in spirit for the kingdom of God is theirs. The poor in spirit. Two, trust. I have to trust the Lord, right? When difficulty comes in our lives, what happens? Like, it's either like, oh my gosh, like, I'm afraid. Fear breeds control a lot of times. Like, there's a fight or flight. Like, I either run, get out of there, or I try to fix it or control it myself. Whereas in the midst of maybe waiting for the God God in prayer through difficulty in prayer, just trust him. Like, hey, Lord, I don't know what I'm doing, but you do. And so I'm just going to be here with you. And I'm going to try, by your grace, to be attentive to you as possible here. And trust the cross and trust the Eucharist that the Lord is present and active and moving. Three, love. Love him. Which doesn't mean warm, fuzzy feelings. To be attentive to God is an act of love. Like it's an act of faith and an act of love to just be attentive, to wait for him, to long for him. Think of this. You know, I think of my, my, my uh, youngest, my two youngest nieces right now, right? They're like, hey, 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 look at me, look at me, look at me, look at me, look at me. And I'm like, I've been looking at you for like four hours, all right? Like, I'm, you know, look at me, look at me, look at me. And they're like, why? Because me looking at them is an act of love. And they feel it. And they desire it. And so when you know, we have those feelings of attraction and infatuation with someone, what do you want to do? You're just like, okay, where are they? I want to look at them. I want to look at them. You know, I want to be around them. That's what the Lord wants from us. It's an act of love. To just be attentive to love of God. Okay, so one of the difficulties, there are many, distractions will happen. So if you're in there and you're distracted, it just means you're a human being praying. Okay? That's all it means. Really, it's that simple. You get distracted in prayer. Oh, I'm human and I'm praying. Okay, great. And so what do we do with distractions? Do not chase them. Do not engage them like in like trying to figure it out. You're just like, oh, I'm distracted. Lord, I look back at you. Oh, I'm distracted again. Lord, I look back at you. And St. Francis of Sales, who's a doctor of the spiritual life, meaning the church says he is an expert in teaching prayer, says that if in a prayer time, a hundred times you were distracted, and a hundred times you turned your gaze back to God, that was a very fruitful prayer time. Because a hundred times you loved him. If a hundred times you were distracted and a hundred times you turned back, that was a hundred times you loved the Lord. And this time of waiting, right, this time of waiting is a purification. It is an act of faith that God is giving and the Lord will come and he will teach us his voice, especially in the silence. I promise you. So homework. Number one, 
pray. Schedule a time and show up. Don't think it's just going to like work out. Okay, like, oh yeah, yeah, like, I'll pray today. College student, it's like 3 a.m. Oh, I hadn't done that yet. Probably got lots of energy for it at 3 a.m., so I'll try now, right? No, but schedule it. Schedule it. Show up. Being attentive. Two, read the catechism section on difficulty in prayer. So 2725 through 2745. 2725 to 2745, catechism speaks about difficulty in prayer and what to do. Three, this is like extracurricular homework, okay? There's a book called Personal Prayer, A Guide to Encountering the Father by Father Acklin and Father Hicks. It's two Benedictine monks who wrote it. Personal Prayer by Father Acklin and Father Hicks. It's simple, it's readable, it's profound, and it's practical. So good. So, you know, if I'm you, do the extracurricular. It's great, all right? But most important thing, pray. Two, read that section on the catechism. And three, get the book Personal Prayer. It says we come before the Lord in humility here in the Eucharist. The Eucharist is a silent word of God. It's a silent word. But his silence is full of his gift of self. God's silence is not empty, but it is full of the gift of himself. And the same is true in prayer. It is full of him. Let us be attentive and he will move. Thank you for listening. The ministry here at Christ the King is made possible through our generous donors and golden givers. If you would like to learn more or partner with Christ the King on LSU's campus, please visit ctklsu.org.